Hey there, how are you doing? Wow, can you imagine? We are in the middle of March. (laughs) Happy mid-March greetings to you. And I hope that things in your world are coming along in a way that you would want them to come along. You know, I, I definitely don't think, you know, people say good things come to those who wait. I also believe good things come to those who also put the work in and the investment. So I pray that you're being intentional with whatever it is that's before you today or that's before you this week or this month. And actually, just as a quick aside, something I do with myself on the 15th of every month is I sit myself down and I just have a meeting with myself. It's like, what in the world are you talking about? Yep, I have a meeting with myself and I review my finances and my spending. I review my budgeting. I review just some different goals that I have for myself. And if I'm, you know, doing things that are going to get me closer to that goal, I review just some different passion projects. I review even how I communicate in my relationships with my friends and my family. And I just take an assessment and stock to just ensure that I am in a place that is where I want to be. And I'm not somewhere, you know, just kind of far off or kind of going away like a kite. But I just kind of I stay close to whatever it is that is is compelling me in my heart. So if you haven't done that or maybe you are doing that, I would just put that on the table. Unpopular, unsolicited advice. I know, but something to consider, not something that you have to do, but just something to consider. Just taking some stock and seeing kind of where things have been, where you're going and, you know, grab the reins however you feel you need to. Well, my name is Nash. I did all that talking and didn't introduce myself. My name is Nash, and it really has just been an overwhelming uh, privilege to be the host of this podcast, the URC Space, where we are unboxing our lives one blank space at a time. And I want to thank you so much for joining our conversation today, my friend. We are going to be in the reflective space today, and we're going to be looking back, and maybe this is something that you do. And that's why I mentioned the meeting, you know, because that is a time of reflection I have with myself every month. And perhaps you are taking some reflection, but maybe on a bigger level, because for a lot of us, this month is a year reminder of alteration and how things just completely changed. One of my friends that I follow on Instagram, he had posted on his story about a conference that he had went to. He had said how, you know, it was really great to have this conference uh, and how the, 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 the nature of the conference was very forward looking and very, you know, this is what's going to come and this is what's going to happen. And we're very excited about this. But he was very intentional about taking the time to mention that in the last year, There were people who had suffered great loss, whether that be, you know, a job or a loved one or reputation or any of that. And we talked about that uh, here on the show before. I just thought that that was just so powerful that even in his moment of very forward looking, he acknowledged that there are some of us who did lose some things in the last year. And maybe you fall into that category and maybe you don't. And I just want to say this. Sometimes in life, doors close, things get pivoted and shifted, things happen because there is a greater conversation that we should be in tune with and a greater message that maybe we should be listening to that might not always have to do with what we originally saw happening for ourselves. And that goes hand in hand with who we're going to be talking about today here on the show. Uh, Captain Edward Dwight Jr., That's his name. If you're trying to figure out what the face was all about on my Instagram page, I posted a picture of him on Instagram and simply asked, do you know who this is? And he is someone who 
I don't think that it was a coincidence that I found his story when I was kind of walking through one of the darkest moments of my life. And it really just gave me a different perspective on what I was living and what I was going through. And I hope I hope today you hearing his story, it will also encourage you. So I found a documentary on YouTube from the New York Times by Miss uh, that was done on Captain Edward Dwight Jr. And of course, I'm going to have a link for it there in the episode description. So be sure to check it out in the unbox goods. And it just tells a story. And before I get into his story, I just want to start with asking you this question. Can you imagine being famous for something you never accomplished? Hold on to your answer and we'll regroup and we will regroup with what your response will be as soon as we finish talking about Mr. Edward Dwight Jr. Captain, excuse me, Captain Edward Dwight Jr. So Captain Dwight, he grew up in Kansas. He was born in Kansas. He was born in the third, the early 30s, 1930s. And, you know, Kansas, for those of you who are listening uh, abroad, shout out to all my friends from all over the world who are joining our conversation today. Kansas is smack dab right in the middle of the United States of America. So right in the heartland of the country. And he grew up there and he wanted to be an artist when he was growing up. And his dad was having no parts of that. And his dad was like, no, you ain't going to do this art thing. You're going to be an engineer. But while he was growing up. In Kansas, he was exposed to this beautiful mode of transportation called air travel and aviation. And there were so many open fields and people were doing flights and he was cleaning planes and he was being around different hangars and he was hanging at the hangars, <laughs> not like a wire hanger, but, you know, the place where they store the planes and his whole worldview just kind of got a different perspective on things and a different a different absorption of what really is of what can really happen in the world. And I am a true believer that representation does matter. And sometimes, it, you know, there, there has to always be one person to do it first before other people can see themselves in the story. And sometimes we're called to be the person to be first. And sometimes we need somebody else to be first for us to believe that we can do it as well. And uh, this is uh, the case for uh, Captain Dwight. When he was younger, he had a paper route. And this was during the, I don't want to say the height of segregation, but it was pretty nasty when it came to the dissonance between uh, white folks and black folks in the United States. And he had a paper route, but his paper route, he had one for whites and he had one for blacks. And for those of you who are tuning in, especially for those of you around the world, and you may not be familiar with the race relations here in the U.S., it was it was just uh, it was just very separated and very segregated. Whites had their own uh, areas and spaces that they were allowed to go in and, and participate in, and even churches were segregated. And then blacks had their own and their own churches and their own schools, and and they you know couldn't share the same entrances. Sometimes couldn't drink out of the same water fountain. So uh, it was just really uh, it was it was very divided. There was nothing united about the United States uh, about this particular era. Not saying that anything is united now. That's a that's a podcast for another episode. But he it was very divided. So he had these two paper routes. So he got his paper route one day, and he was getting ready to, to deliver the papers for those who were on the black paper route. And there on the cover of the front page of that on this particular day, he saw a black man in a regal outfit standing next to an airplane, and he said oh my goodness, they're letting black folks fly planes. And a light went off in him. And he, you know, that exposure he had from those flights 
and you know his dad you know putting in his mind he's gonna be an engineer he ran <laughs> he ran right down to the united states air force and he enrolled and when he was there in the air force he began building himself a career he began going up the ranks and actually mr captain dwight uh, edward dwight jr is still living so uh, captain dwight if you're listening to this episode i just want to personally thank you for your service to the united states of america but captain dwight he grew up in the ranks he was building himself a career he started a family and he's just really you know getting his piece of the american dream if you will and as a black man doing that and you know segregated america that truly spoke volumes not seeing how he made such a way for himself in such a just a really hard time it's just very inspiring to me at least it is and i hope it is to you as well there also during this time was the president was john f kennedy the united states president was john f kennedy and JFK, he wanted to add a black person to the astronaut program to, quote unquote, satisfy the black community. And I don't know what that means. I don't satisfy the black community. I, I think Kennedy wanted to include people of color in a number of the different initiatives that were progressing in the United States because of the longstanding absence of opportunity given to black people so captain dwight he received a letter from the president of the united states the then president of the united states jfk and it was an invitation to become an astronaut and his boss absolutely did not have any he was not having it uh, you know captain dwight's boss was like no don't entertain that Mm-mm, don't do that you you, you don't you're, you're building yourself here you're you're crawling up the ranks your family is settled there's no need for you to want to become an astronaut why do you want to go all the way up there but you know his curiosity won out captain dwight's curiosity won out and secretly he wanted to see what was going to come of it and he said within days he accepted the invitation from the then president can you imagine getting a letter from the president of the united states offering you an opportunity to be the first black man in space like man that's that that's just powerful for me like i'd be like whoa of course i'm going to do that i wouldn't i wouldn't have listened to my boss either i would have gone with it but he said within days of him accepting it he was known as the kennedy boy so when looking at, you know, now he's got this dream of becoming the first black astronaut and bringing this into fruition, the head honcho who was in charge of all of the astronauts who were being considered for this opportunity, he was very intentional about isolating Captain Edward Dwight Jr. He did not want the other cohorts who were all ha- who all happened to be white to not speak to him, to not engage with him, to not have conversation with him. And he said that if we all can... Uh, you know, ignore him and act like he doesn't exist, that within six months, he's going to be gone. And, you know, he was expressing, you know, a lot of the the challenges he was having with his parents. And his dad was telling him that, you know, see, this is what happens. You know, white folks will always turn their back on you. They say they want, it, they want you to do something and now they do this and they're isolating you. They're not including you in the process and all of this. But his mom was the one who said, no, you stay right where you are and you keep moving forward that's like a theme here on the show f-o-r-w-a-r-d forward i was going to sing a song but i'm not going to (laughs) but uh, you know there was something so profound that he had said and he said captain dwight said you can teach your brain to help you or you can teach your brain to destroy you and your brain will respond to what it's been told so he was my age 
he was 29 years young when he was selected to be an astronaut and instantly he just became, you know, you know, hotter than fish grease. He was on the covers of all these magazines and all the everything, you know, just everywhere with his family. And he was poised to really be the first black man in space. So he was going to be up there in the higher heights. So he passed all the heart limit tests. He was physically fit. They saw what he could do. And honestly, I don't even think that was probably the hard part, which I think it probably was the hard part. I think for me, just put, using empathy here, putting myself in his shoes, if I was the only black man in an all white cast of, you know, prospective astronauts and none of these, no one wanted to talk to me or communicate with me. I think that would be harder for me to endure than to endure all of the rigor of all of the centrifuge tests and all of the other stuff that they had put him through to see if he was going to be able to be fit to space. But he passed all the tests, I guess both of them, really. They thought there was just one, really. He passed the test as well. He didn't leave like how they thought he would. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. All of a sudden, it just, whoop, what happened? John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And because Kennedy was no longer the president, the desire to have a black man a part of, you know, the inaugural space efforts and astronaut team, it began to wane. And they then selected a whole group of astronauts to be a part of the first team to go in the space. And unfortunately, Captain Edward Dwight Jr. was not selected. So what do you do in that instance? So remember my question at the top of our conversation today. Can you imagine being famous for something that you never did? He was on the covers of magazines, y'all. I mean, they were telling the world he was going to be the first black man in space. And then President Kennedy gets assassinated and the desire of having a quote unquote Kennedy boy on the astronaut team wasn't a top priority. And he had a press conference about it, talking about it, and it really choked me up to even see him so choked up. And even to this day, at least in the interview from what I saw, very emotional about speaking in that moment. The day he resigned from being on the base and he said, and the reporter asked him, do you believe that this not consideration of you being a part of the space program is a setback for the civil rights movement? And he just held his head down and said, no comment. And you could see the life just completely just... <laughs> coming out of him and you know maybe you had one of those moments in the last year where everything was going great everything was poised you may not have been on magazine covers and you may not have been had to deal with you know segregation of of the magnitude of this time point in history but maybe there were some challenges that you were overcoming in spite of them being existent in your life and you were jumping over barriers you were jumping over loops and boundaries and then all of a sudden Everything just changed. That's real life. And I'm pretty sure you and I can all say that something big changed drastically within the last years of our lives. And if it didn't happen, I'm not assuming that everyone had something happen. And if it didn't happen for you, well, your testimony is just that God kept his hand and God kept you. That's your testimony. <laughs> but I love the reflection that Captain Dwight Jr. did. And he said he was really hounding in and double clicking on the word fate, F-A-T-E. And he said, maybe there was more work to do. And I was just to bring the African-American story to the public venue. Maybe it was not about me being the first one into space, but simply being used in a different capacity. And I mean, that is some grown up 
mature emotional intelligence like really just being in tune with yourself because for you to have been on that pedestal and to have been poised to be the first black man into space to then say well maybe i wasn't supposed to be the first black man in space who which by the way it was um Gullion Bluford, who actually was the first black man in the space, and that happened in 1983. So, you know, years after Mr. Captain Dwight was supposed to be there, he found himself returning to his first love, which was he wanted to be an artist. And to date, he's made, or at least at the time of the documentary airing, which was in 2020 is when I saw it, he's made 129 murals and 18,000 gallery pieces. Can you imagine that he just went back and did what he always wanted to do? And he got from that experience that maybe it wasn't about making it to that final moment. Maybe there was something else that was supposed to come from my story instead of me actually being the final ending of the story. So I felt that and I lived that moment and I know exactly what he's talking about and I'm talking about it actually, but I am doing a speech at my alma mater on March the 16th, 2021 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I gave a little teaser behind the scenes fun about it on my Instagram page and uh, I'm talking about this. The name of my talk is called Surrender Forward. And, you know, I was in the same situation that Mr. Edward Dwight was. I was thriving in my career. I was getting ready to be promoted. I was literally on the trajectory to become what I always wanted to be ever since I was 11. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. And I don't know what your all of a sudden everything changed was, but come with me on this journey. I want to invite you. Can we get ourselves in a place where we can accept what it was. And now what I'm asking you to do, what I'm asking you to consider at least is not easy. And this is not something that happens overnight. This is not something that happens even within a week or a month or two. I mean, this does take time because we have to process it and we have to almost relinquish and surrender what we already wanted to be there in the beginning. Can we simply process our frustration and shift to a different understanding that maybe whatever we thought it was supposed to be perhaps was never what it was supposed to be. I know for me, at least I'll, I'll put my own business out there. Can I tell my testimony? Okay. <laughs> I know for me, I wanted to be a cruise director and I thought all of the training I was receiving, all of the, uh, you know, paperwork I was doing, all of the rigor that I was going through. I thought all of that was preparing me to become a cruise director, but in actuality, when I looked at it, I'm like, I wasn't supposed to be that. I wanted that, but that wasn't what was really supposed to happen with my life. And I know that it's not easy to get to that place where we want to just lay it down, surrender it and walk away. But I'm going to encourage you and that if you do this, you will find a greater sense of joy and a greater sense of peace within yourself. It was so hard for me to relinquish what I didn't want to relinquish. But I'm telling you right now, I'm in a place where I never thought I would be. I never thought I would have a podcast or I would be speaking publicly and a book, excuse me, all of that is what I got in turn of trading up and giving up what I thought I wanted to hold on to so desperately and so tightly. You know, Mr. Dwight thought he was going to be the first black astronaut in space. 
Um, but he wound up literally paving the way for Mr. Blueford, who was. I thought I was going to be a cruise director. And actually, what I was getting in my experience was I was getting training for a whole new realm and area that I had no idea I was going to enter in. You know, Mr. Dwight, he learned that his purpose was simply paving a way for others. And sometimes it's not about paving the way for others. Sometimes it's paving the way for yourself. And that's what I learned. I thought that I was, you know, going to become up, 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 up. And really I was paving the way for myself in a whole different venue and a whole different outlook. And now as we kind of reflect and look back over the last year of our lives, we thought it was going to be something. We thought it was going to play out a certain way. It didn't. Okay. So what is the bigger conversation that we should be having with ourselves about what has been the realities we have walked out the last 365 days? Where should we really have our minds mentally and our hearts? Where should we position ourselves to see? Are we still focused on what it could have been, should have been, would have been? Or are we looking now to see what it can be? What possibilities are on the other side? And I know that pivot and shift, it is really scary because you don't know what you're going to find on the other side. But I'm telling you, if you can even just consider it, and you know, we had this conversation here on the show before, if you can even just consider what's on the other side, you are a whole lot braver than you thought you were. It's been 12 months since my life changed and I am still doing my work. I am not speaking to you like I've arrived. I don't think any of us have arrived or ever will arrive. I think we are always in a process of learning more of ourselves, evolving into deeper and, and greater understanding of ourselves and our emotions and how we navigate through life and communicate with others. So please, by all means, I don't want you to think that I've arrived, but I truly, going back to one of the themes of the show, believe that I am unfinished here in this process. And I want you to join me because together I want us to be in the only gear in life that matters. And that is simply moving forward. You know, I was thinking of the Apostle Paul and uh, the Apostle Paul, you know, he had said, if I was trying to be popular with people, I would have never become the great apostle that, you know, and he wrote, you know, two thirds of the New Testament. And, you know, it's like Paul's like, if I was thinking about all those times when I was a murderer, when I was killing folk, when I was just being a persecutor, I would not be able to really enjoy and 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 embrace and absorb what God is doing in my life now because if I don't embrace what's he doing what he's doing now I'm not going to be able to prepare myself or get ready for what's coming up ahead you did this for a while you know you did this for a number of years I mean I'm talking the thing that I had to give up was something that was a part of my life for 17 years giving that up and then moving on to something else that is not easy I'm telling you I, I have cried my tears I, <laughs> I've done my work I've talked to my counselor you know I've I, I've had to process through it and I just want you to be able to get to a point where you can even consider moving on and moving to the next step there's a quote that Toby Mac posted on social media from Rachel Marie Martin, and it simply says, sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought it would be and learn to find joy in the story you are actually living. There is a new thing that is being brought forth in your life. There is a new thing that is being taught to you, that is being exposed to you, that you are being encouraged to join in with. 
and I don't want you to miss it, my friend. Uh, it's really hard. And, you know, it's it, I, I get it. And, you know, the thing that would make it easier for me is if, you know, Mandisa or Mariah Carey would come on the show and that would just make all this a whole lot easier. So, you know, Mandisa or Mariah, if you're listening, I would love for you to, j- to join me. I've, I've pivoted and shifted and now I'm wanting to chat with you here on the show. But uh, I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to be so down on yourself and so hard on yourself. It's been it's been a rough year. It really has been. But you're still living. There is still purpose that is going to come forth from you. And I want you to be moving forward in that. So I'm going to close today with one of my favorite passages from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, which simply says, a person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the designs of God's purpose will succeed in the end. Y'all, we can make and plan and plot and everything that we want, but ultimately whatever is supposed to happen is what will only happen. God has a plan. He will finish it and it's not over until you win. I, I'm just, I, I, I just believe that for myself. It's not over until you win and let's keep moving forward together. I am, I really hope you were, you enjoyed today's show. And if you want to know more about uh, Captain Edward Dwight Jr., be sure to check out the episode description to see the, I have an article that the Smithsonian Magazine, very well, a very well done article that they did on him and the documentary that I mentioned that I saw again, which is only 13 minutes. Next week, we will be back here in another space with a different place. And I'm actually going to have a guest with me. I'm very excited about this episode. We're going to be in the man cave space, just having bro talk. So my my, my boys, you don't want to miss this one. And ladies, you don't want to miss this either because you might be getting a little free tidbit inside information scoop that you might want to know about this unspoken bro code that us dudes have. Well, until we jump and dive into that conversation, I hope that you will continue unboxing your life one blank space at a time. Come on, say it with me. I know you know it. Living undaunted, knowing you're unbreakable and embracing the reality that you're simply a treasure that's unfinished because you have been redeemed, restored and reclaimed. That's a fact. Life is always best lived outside the box. Stay free, my friend, and we'll see you next week.